You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. Episode number nine. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. I am Mark. Today I am joined by Maddie. Good morning. How are you? Just dandy. How are you? Oh, fabulous. I'm, saying, I'm looking out my window. I'm like, it is so windy, but it's so sunny and like all the bright colors of the leaves up here in New England because it's, you know, it's foliage capital of the world and you want to go on a little tangent here, but like I have friends who left New England and they live in like California or Florida. And they're always like, oh, I, I just miss the leaves. I miss the colors. And I'm like, liar. You don't have <laughs> five million leaves in your front lawn that you have to get rid of. So, no, you don't miss the leaves. That's like <laughs> people like, oh, I don't think I miss the sunshine. No, you do. You do. Any place you can wear shorts all day for a year is Great. If you want leaves, I'll gladly bag them up and I'll ship them down to you. Anyway, let's get that (laughs) out of the way. So, uh, last night, the Calgary Flames win 6-5 to in overtime over the Nashville Predators. And I don't know if you kind of share this opinion. We had a, uh, by the way, if the whole world could be privy to our chat thread during that game, it would it's an amazing read. It really is. The highs are high (laughs) and the lows are so low they come back around to the high side. Um, (laughs) Calgary went six to five in overtime in a game they probably really didn't deserve to win. No, maybe. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you go through a first period. It was fifteen plus minutes where they didn't have a shot on net. It's, and then you look at the stats at one point. You're like, well, they got one goal and two shots, so that's great. Well, no, it's not. Like one shot in two shots in fifteen minutes is terrible. That's not good hockey. Yeah, no, not at all. And then you back that up, and then they had a whopping five shots in the second period. So we're up to nine. I mean, woof, slow it down, guys. You might score a couple goals. You might want to, you know, you might want to pump the brakes a little bit. And the last two games Calgary lost, the last two games they played, they lost two to one, one in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets at the Heritage Classic. And then they lose two to one to help me out. I'm forgetting somebody. I'm forgetting who they lost to the other day. Point is, they lost two to one. So back-to-back games, they only scored two goals. That's not good at all. No, and I think if you had asked me about this last year, I never would have predicted that we would have ended up here, considering how well they were generating offense. Yeah, and this, and so Calgary has six losses on the season, and four or five of those six losses, they've scored two goals or less. And in the rest of the loss, they've only scored three goals. So they're not. The, there's really no consistency in the goal scoring. But then all of a sudden last night, they're down four to one. We're trading everybody. We're firing everybody. We're moving the team to Houston. It's a nightmare. And then all of a sudden, the chip away. There's one goal. All right, now it's four to two. And then miraculously, it's four to four. And you're like, oh my God, what just happened? And it, just as it gets to four to four, it's five to four in Nashville. And then Matthew Kachuk, out of nowhere, just decides he wants to play hockey puts the flames on his back 
has that great rebound off a of Sean Monahan shot. I'm convinced Sean Monahan only knows how to hit goalies right in the chest. He doesn't know how to <laughs> find corners, five hole. Anyway, just right in the chest. There's Kachuk. Collects the loose change, puts it in. Boom, we're tied. We go to overtime. And I'm not going to lie. I love three on three overtime. I think it's fantastic. I mean, we had this is another one of those discussions we had too early. I hate the shootout. I think the shootout is gimmicky. Like you wouldn't end a basketball game on a dunk contest. Um, you, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's basketball. Nobody cares anyway. But like <laughs> you wouldn't end a baseball game. But hey, we're tied after the ninth. All right, uh, home run derby. You know, so like I. Yeah, the shootout drives me crazy. But overtime last night wasn't very exciting uh, for a three-on-three with with two teams like that that can move the puck and have some speed. Um, it became, at the end, just a possession game of, okay, these guys are really tired, so I'm just going to bring the puck back to my defensive end, skate around. Oh, turn it over. Okay, now those guys are going to skate back to their defensive end. It got a little slow um, until it got really exciting with about two seconds left. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? That goal was ridiculous that Kachuk scored in overtime. Oh, it was so good. Um, I was talking to my friend about it, too. Um, I saw at like the Flyers development camp, they were they ended their five on five scrimmage with a shootout. Just everybody got to go. And Morgan Frost pulled a move like that. But I'm like to see it at speed in a game situation. Overtime ending is a whole other game. It was just I don't even think I finished processing it. It's it was so good. No, when you watched it too, it, I mean, he was coming full speed at the net too. It's not like he had time to gather the puck, take his time, think, okay, this is what I'm doing. It was just boom. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm there through the legs, boom, top corner. And Pekka Rene looked like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, we're like, you got to give respect <laughs> on that. I mean, Kachuk just pulled that out of nowhere. If you got, if you haven't yeah. seen it, uh, it's in our column today in the morning after. And I can already tell you the Flames still have two games left. Um, I don't think there's any way that they can do anything where that's not the highlight of the week. Um, Matthew Kachuk came in, took the puck between his legs, uh, picked top corner. Uh, just an incredible goal, a crazy way to end it. And 1.3 seconds left on the clock saved us, or me, thankfully, from having to watch the shootout. <laughs> now, I mean, but like last night, though, we, we were going back and forth with some concerns. And, you know, you do hear the, you got the, you got to trade Gaudreau or Monaghan's a fourth line center and all these crazy crazy topics and i and i did mention last night at one point i'm like it it's been brought up on um people have commented on posts that we've had and it's been commented on the radio in calgary but you know we kind of get to the point where like is this really the group to carry the flames to a championship you know everybody you know Gaudreau doesn't go in the corners he doesn't hit monahan you know this never monahan's one of the top centers in the league this year with face-off percentage which i find amazing because i feel like most nights he's invisible on the ice and I'm still not on the, I don't think I'll ever be on the trade Johnny Gaudreau boat. I just don't think I'll ever get that far um, because you just, whatever. I don't want to get into that conversation again, but Matthew Kachuk finally came out of nowhere and started to play. And if you looked at, I mean, Gaudreau and Monahan should, Gaudreau hasn't had a point or a goal. I'm sorry. in now 10 games and Monahan hasn't had a goal now in uh, 13 games. But they're both racking up points. They're getting assists. So it's not like they aren't producing. I think people are just panicking because they're not seeing the puck go in the net. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, you love to have the the highlight real goals as sort of your marker of 
activity in a game, but it doesn't always work that way. I think um, going back to what you said about the question of, is this core the one that's going to, you know, take the team all the way? I think what's frustrating for me about that is like, we've done this before. We've had this conversation and they made the big blockbuster trade two, two off seasons ago, hopefully to like shake things up and okay, maybe this whole core isn't the one. So we're going to make a move and we're going to make it better. And now somehow we're back here again. I'm like, I just, I don't understand. Do you want to trade everybody? Do you want to just bottom out, rebuild it, see what happens? Like, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And there are times where it's frustrating when you're like, I mean, Goudreau had, he had the horrible Olay in overtime that led to a turnover which led to Mark Giordano having to play goalie and And those are the moments you're like, Oh my God, if you just played a little bit of defense, you'd be even more amazing. But then you'll watch him come up through, you know, center ice, hit the blue line, you know, deke through three or four people and get a shot on that. And you're like, God, oh, that, that's, that's why you're here, you know? And Monaghan still like quietly just doing his job, just again, not putting the puck in the net. And I think, you know, if Goudreau scores last night, Monaghan scores last night, and, you know, they put a couple goals in this week, I think people maybe slowly start to forget that. But, I mean, this team right now is being carried by your fair Calgary Flame and Elias Lindholm and David Riddick in net. And I don't, you know, your thoughts, we'll get these here. I don't think Riddick was really to blame for much of anything last night. I thought the team for easily 40 to maybe like 45 minutes looked incredibly uninspiring and like they didn't even want to be on the ice. Yeah. I mean, you have an elite goaltender. You're like, yeah, he'll make all of those stops and everything will be fine. But it, that's not what we're working with here. And you need a little bit of help from the skaters in front. So I have zero concerns about Riddick's performance and I just wish he was getting some more help. Yeah, it's the volume of shots he's seeing. I mean, there was one, it might have been the third or the fourth. I mean, they scored, Nashville scored so many goals at one point. I forget which one it was. But Monaghan was standing there in front of the net, like just coasting in as Nashville came in, took a shot, grabbed a rebound shot, and scored again. And it was like, dude, get in there, do something. You know, so th those parts are frustrating. But then you see, it's nice also to see that secondary scoring be the guys that kind of bring the flames back into games. Rasmus Anderson had a goal last night. Derek Ryan had a goal last night to get them on the board. Alan Quine scored the, the game tying goal on a beautiful feed from Giordano. So it's, it's great that the secondary scoring is coming in and that's kind of what kept the flames afloat at the end of the season last year. But the secondary scoring can't be what carries this team all year long. In my opinion. No, at some point you're going to need to get more consistent production from the big guns and I'm still feeling pretty good about that's going to come eventually, but it's it's definitely frustrating in the meantime. Now we get to frustrating. Let's say, do you think last night was a turning point for the Flames? Do you think maybe that kind of victory where they really dug themselves a huge hole and they could have packed it in? They, I mean, you've seen. I, I'll never forget the the game at the Boston Garden or not the well TD Garden, whatever they call it now in Boston. Um, where the Bruins hung, I think, seven goals on the Flames on a Saturday afternoon. And you could tell the body language. Like, Kipper let in, like, four goals, and it was done. You know, and, like, the Calgary skated through their motions. And then a couple of years later, the Bruins hung nine on the Flames there. And the chant was, we want 10. 
at that game. And I remember being there and the body language was just like that, just whatever. It's not a rival. It's not, you know, a Pacific division game or a Western conference game. Who cares? Let's just get out of here. And we give up 50 goals. We give up 50. That was the body language. Didn't really see that last night with Calgary. Once they kind of, they slowly started to creep back in and they could have easily packed it in. And it was nice to actually see them put forth some effort and be like, no, let's, let's do this. We can climb out of this hole. We've dug for ourselves. So do you think maybe the, this is kind of a turning point, like not the Pittsburgh game from last year where they got demolished and got screamed at. And it's not Glenn Gulletson throwing a handful of sticks into the, you know, the stands at practice, but maybe this is, you know, the, the kick in the pants, the flames needed. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, It was nice to see that they still had some fight in them. I think if they had just gone away quietly, I would have been much more concerned because that's a team that just like doesn't care anymore. Um, And that's when you really have to start worrying about the personnel in the locker room and what's the coach doing to break them out of this and keep everything from spiraling. Um, Being in Philly, I've seen a lot of that recently. (laughs) Um, But it's it's nice to see them not doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's the fan poll today was that we put up on Friday was, um, you know, do you think this is the start of the turnaround? And so far, 60% say, nope, there's way more work to do. <laughs> One person said, eh, I need to see some more. And then 20% said, yep, Calgary is moving on to bigger and better things. I think it's a step in the right direction. I agree with you. Like If they just, you know, if Goudreau had started complaining about penalties and, you know, he actually threw a couple hits trying to, you know, get back into the game. And what I liked about it, I think, was it you that mentioned me like, I don't advocate for fighting. However, I think somebody mentioned that maybe a little. Uh, okay, that was me. Little... That was just Austin Watson because I hate him. All right, fair enough. Who, who, by the way, had a really good game last. <laughs> two goals, two assists, four pointer. But no, um, every time you. I every time I scroll to the score sheet, I'm like, oh my god, is he the only guy in Nashville? Really, is he the only guy? <laughs> but uh, I I like that they got back into that game without Lucic being like, fine, I'll go beat somebody up. You know, yeah, to try you don't to get have to goon it up. Yeah, and it was nice to see that happen because a lot of times you do get that fight and it gets you close, but then you just waste all your energy. Like I, I, I liked what I saw out of Calgary last night. I think if they had rolled over, this team would be in a lot of trouble. Like it's, it's still what uh, fourteen games into the season so far, something like that. And yeah, it's fourteen or whatever. The point is, like, if you saw them roll over like that last night this early, I think they definitely would have. Def- things would not have been looking good for the Flames for the rest of the season. And then I think Peters gets put on the hot seat. And honestly, I don't think Peters is really the problem with Calgary. I love that. He does not care who you are, where you play. He's just tough. If you're not playing well, you sit or, Hey, Michael Backlund, sorry, you're playing with the threes tonight. Or, you know, he doesn't have a problem switching guys around. So I, I'm glad he's not on the hot seat totally. Um, So it was good to see Calgary with a little bit of, you know, a little spunk last night, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but. They came back. They won. Hooray. We're all happy. Um, I think uh, the one thing I will say about Peters that's been a little bit frustrating for me is just how often we're juggling the lines, which I understand wanting to change up looks when things aren't really working, but guys need to get reps in together to build up some chemistry for things to start working again. So I wish he wouldn't have quite as, quite as quick of a trigger finger there um yeah no i let them play through some stuff you know 
No, I totally agree with you, and I see that too. It's like they need to find that happy medium where Peters has no problem messing with the lines, but then it's like, all right, we'll go back to normal. Whereas, you know, Glenn Gullitson was married to the Troy Brower power play, you know, the Brower play. And when Troy Brower had, I had more right to be on the power play than Troy Brower did. <laughs> and he stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it until it eventually got him fired. And I'm with you. I think a happy medium between those two would be good. I'd like to see Peters be like, hey, listen, for a leak, you're not playing well. You're going to skate with uh, Lucic and whatever spare parts we got with the fourth line. And, hey, Monaghan, sorry, you're going to skate with the third line tonight or wherever they want to put him and, and stick with that. you know. And, and honestly, I was thinking the other day, I wouldn't even be that upset if he said, hey, Johnny, guess what? Drop a line or two. You're going to go down and we're going to play Lindholm with – I don't know, Derek Ryan and Manjapani. I don't know, you know, something like that, just to really shake it up. You know, like I don't want to see your first line of like, you know, Lucic and Bennett and Jankowski. I want no part of that. But, you know, every now and then a little kick in the pants, I think, you know, helps these guys and reminds them that, you know, you might be a star, but you're no you're no better than the next guy behind you. So and Definitely speaking. Fair. And speaking of guys who uh, need a kick in the pants, Mark Jankowski last night played for the first time in two games. And as I mentioned in our little chat thread last night, I didn't even notice he wasn't on the ice. That's not good. No, he's been uh, having a bit of a rough go. N- not even rough, just like invisible. Like, yeah, he's not there. It's like his line skates with two people. Instead mm-hmm. of three. I mean, he's played in 12 games and he has donuts across the board, um, which is not good at all. Um, he's in 12 games. He's only got seven shots on that. Yeah, that's good. no bueno. That is bad, 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 bad. Um, is the writing on the wall? Is Mark Jankowski one of those guys that if the flames and their 17 cents they have left under the salary cap? Uh, is there, you know, do you think he's a guy that gets moved at some point this season? Uh, or is or is there any value for him? Any is there a market for Mark Jankowski? Maybe not right now because he's not playing super well. I like. Yeah, that's the yeah, hard part. I, when people propose trade things, they're always like, "Oh, we got to get rid of Jankowski and Froelich and all these guys who aren't." Playing. I'm like, "Well, who the heck wants these people?" <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't trade trash for something. Like, I'm not going to be like, "Hey, I got to have a carton of milk. You want it for uh, you know that uh." That high-end bottle of wine, it doesn't work that way. That was a horrible analogy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our best out here. (laughs) Try. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know if there is a market for Jankowski. And he's one of those guys, I watched him in college when, and for a big guy in college, he never really used his body. Like, he didn't hit hard. He didn't go into the corners. And I still find that with him up in the NHL level. For a guy that's that big, he should be thrown. And again, I'm not looking for him to be, you know, a total grinder, a fighter, a fourth line energy guy, but for a big guy, he should be throwing his body around a little bit more. Yeah. it. He's got to be doing something, right? Like, <laughs> like I just, I need something. Yeah. Yeah. Fall down. Show me you're out there. You know, like, just <laughs> anything. I don't care. I mean, the fact that he's only got seven shots on goal. I mean, and he was second in the NHL last year in shorthanded goals. He had five. You know, and this year he's just, eh, he's just non-existent. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Maybe I it is. Su- Go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they tried to move him at the deadline, but that would need to have a lot of things going the right way. Like he would need to do some stuff. 
to actually <laughs> increase his trade value. I think he would have to go to a team that's just trying to load up on bodies to make a run. And I think they would probably have to have like a scout somewhere in their organization who watched him in college when he was younger and is just a huge fan and is really willing to go to bat for him. Um, but as like his, it stands, I don't know that he has a great case for like another team like needing mom, to pick him up. His mom <laughs> needs to be the GM of the team that trades for him. It's like, I'll bring my baby home <laughs> type deal. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. Uh, Mark and Maddie, we're talking Calgary Flames, and we will be right back after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to episode eight of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark and Maddie here. We're talking the Flames. We've gotten through all the game-related stuff. The Mark Jankowski's terrible. Nobody wants him except a team that might have a family member running it. And um, we decided we'd have a little bit of fun today. Halloween just passed, and um, I don't know what it was like down you. I spent my night walking through dark neighborhoods with my daughter when it was raining and misting, but at least I had shorts and flip-flops on because it was a rare, warm Massachusetts Halloween. Um, Maddie, growing up or even now as a kid, what was your favorite candy to get on Halloween? Oh, man. Um, I think Twix were my favorite. I'm not a big candy person now, but yeah. Excellent. Now, now Halloween costume, like if you had to like, is there one costume you always remember as a kid, like that you were like, this was the greatest Halloween of all time, or it could have been like one from last year or yesterday. I don't know. Uh, this year I put together a last minute Sabrina, the teenage witch costume for our, I work in a library is my day job. So we had a bunch of kids programming happening. So that one was fun. Um, I have a vague memory of being super pumped to be Nala from the Lion King when I was yeah. little. So that, that sticks out definitely. Awesome. Cool. So I had another question for Halloween. I totally forget it. Oh, scary movie. <laughs> uh, hello. Do you have, do you have like a, are you like a horror fan or are you kind of like, is that like your thing? Not your thing? Cause it's really like, Oh, okay. totally into it. Okay. All right. Cause I'm kind of like, eh with that stuff i like some of it and i'm more of the like i like the horror movie where i know it can't ever happen to me like so like predator is cool by me or like alien or even like friday the 13th but like any of those like kidnap and lock you in a hostel with your hand in a, like anything that could possibly happen in real life i'm not a huge fan of that's fair all right all right cool so um now did you guys have a lot of like trick-or-treaters where you are or is it kind of quiet Oh, I'm out in the boonies, so we had exactly zero. Zero. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the best Halloween ever. You don't have to do a thing. I was like, oh, yeah, it's great. My wife and I split up. Like, she takes one kid one place, and I take the other kid the other way to where they go. And like, we left a the bucket of candy. And like one year, we left a thing that a note that was like, take one or take them all. We don't really care. You know, it's really not that big of <laughs> a deal. But like, we came home to a huge bucket of candy that was left over. I was totally disappointed. And like. They left weird stuff. They left like a ton of Kit Kats and a ton of Skittles. 
And I'm like, that is ugh. so I've just been hmm. chain swallowing Kit Kats over like the last 12 hours, which is really, really, really good for me. Because that's <laughs> what I need is more candy. <laughs> so super good. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So anything else you want to add before we uh head on out of here for uh episode nine? I hopefully I didn't say it was eight earlier. I'm always um, We've done so many podcasts this year. I don't know what episode it is anymore. I think we did four last year, so they were pretty easy to keep track of. <laughs> Numbers, a social construct. Who's to say what podcast it is? Fair enough. As long as you listen, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, I think I'd just like to re-up the pump the brakes a little bit. I think we don't have to get too panicky about the team until like honestly the 25-30 game mark if they're yeah. still looking really really brutal then we can get worried but it's still so early and they're still working some stuff out we don't like it like it sucks to watch when they just can't score goals but just pump the brakes a little bit yeah i agree you see flashes of that stuff that like last night where you see the drive you see the oh boy we screwed up we got to start harder you know we can't be that slow and then they came out and they played well and you saw that so they clearly can put the puck in the net it's just a matter of Maybe you take some more shots instead of trying to make between the legs passes and try to pass the puck 16, 17 times before you take a shot. You know, maybe just put the puck on net. You never know what's going to happen. So more all right, shots well, lead to more goals. Imagine that. I know, right? There was a guy in Edmonton who had a quote about shots at one point. I forget exactly what it was. Some mm, Gretzky, not familiar. Gretz, yeah, some guy. He had 99 or something. I guess he was vaguely important to the franchise. But anyway. Mm -hmm. That is going to wrap up episode nine of the Tinderbox. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Now go watch a scary movie and have some Twix. Um, nice. You can find the Tinderbox podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and we've oh, Google podcast as well. And we've just been added to iHeartRadio. So you now have four platforms to find us. So if you can't find us, you're clearly not looking hard enough. So, Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next time on The Tinderbox. Box.